Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio. This is episode number 355 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me again this week, the godfather, Bill Lack. How are you, Bill? I'm great. I'm great. This is the... uh what is the, I guess it'd be like the 700th pandemic edition of Red Leg Nation Radio. It seems like it, doesn't it? It does. I'm tired of this. Uh, I'm ready. Uh, to get ba- I'm ready to get back to Bill and Chad's excellent adventure. There you go. Right. And, that, and that'll come into play later today. Exactly. Um, now, so let's talk about what's going on with the Reds this week because it's. Uh, I don't know. If if you're looking for reasons to be pessimistic about the Reds going forward, you probably got a little bit of fuel for that fire. And that's where we'll begin. This week, everybody, it was the deadline to tender a contract to players um, and or, uh, you know, uh, go to arbitration, I guess. And uh, the Reds did not tender contracts to five different players. Those players are Brian Goodwin, R.J. Alaniz, Kirk Casale, Kyle Farmer, and relief pitcher Archie Bradley. Uh, any of these uh, a big surprise to you, Bill? A big surprise? No. Um, a little bit of a surprise? Yeah. A disappointment? A little bit. Yeah. Well, let's go through them one by one. Yep. Uh, for, let's talk about first uh, Kirk Casale, because he was the longest serving Red, I guess, of this of this yep. group. And, and did everything that the Reds ever you could have ever asked him to do for the Reds. He was ten times better than I expected him to be when they acquired him for nothing from Tampa. Yep. Um, you know, I wasn't surprised by that, and you know, I, I don't, I don't like losing Casale, but I do like the, the signal that we get from it, which is the Tyler Stevenson era is upon us finally. Yeah. Um, I, Kersali didn't do anything to lose his spot on the roster. It's just, you know, we got a better prospect. We got a, you know, we got what we believe is going to be a better player, and you know, they're they're not going to carry three full time catchers. Yeah, it's a tough tough spot for Kersali. <laughs> what what does a guy have to do? You know, um, he was going to he was going to be making uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, two to two point four million was uh, what he was projected to get. In arbitration, if the Reds had tendered him a contract, and if it had gone to arbitration, and so um, you know, I hate it for the guy. I think the, I think you said it exactly right. He did everything the Reds asked him to do, and this is this is baseball in 2020, I suppose. So long. Uh, as excited as I am about Tyler Stevenson, the fact that this does signal that, uh, you know, tip of the cap to Kirk Casale, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, and when he he had a OPS plus of 103 in the three years he was with the Reds. And, and in 2020, he had a OPS plus of 126. I mean, got on, you know got on base form last year. Had a 500 slugging percentage. You know, and, and from all and you know reports, the pitchers really like throwing to him. Oh yeah. You know, so you know a, a .4 wins above replacement in 2020. That's a solid year for for a Kirk Casale type player. Sure, absolutely, and you have to think he'll catch on somewhere, and I hope he will, because again. I've got nothing bad to say about Kirk Casale. We wish him nothing but the best. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, you know, that he's a guy that will, in five years, when we're looking back at baseball reference like we do, we'll see him and, oh, yeah, he was pretty good, wasn't he? You know, that kind of that kind of feeling about him. 
Now, uh, the, the, the biggest, well, let's, let me deal with one other player before we get to the biggest surprise for me, uh, which is Kyle Farmer. And a lot of people were upset about Kyle Farmer being non-tendered. And I've just never really been particularly on the, the Kyle Farmer bandwagon. I, uh, I think that's putting it mildly that you're not on the Kyle Farmer bandwagon. Are you? No, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm, I'm ambivalent about Kyle Farmer. I, I, it, I think it's. I, I always find it interesting that a guy can play shortstop and catcher, right? And it's not necessarily either one really, really well. But he, you know, as much as we said that, he didn't embarrass himself out there. I'll con- have. I'll will concede that because you know we did we did laugh about it and joke about him as the backup shortstop. And uh, yeah, I, I don't think he can start there every day, but he he definitely didn't embarrass himself. But he can't. He can't hit a lick. I mean. Yeah, you know, he's supposed to have some power. Didn't hit a home run last year. You now, sample size, blah, blah, blah. But <clears throat> I, I just don't know what he brings to the team other than he can play. He's a better utility infield. He's, he's a 25th guy. Infield and outfield. He, he's, your, he's your 25th guy on the on the roster. And I just. Uh... And started the playoff game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, uh, you know, I don't understand why he's so popular. And again, not that I dislike well, him because he plays he hard. He was play- upset when he was. Non-tendered. He's back. <laughs> he is back. The Reds signed him to a two-way deal, basically. <clears throat> Split deal, yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. He's gonna he's he's gonna be back one way or the other. He'll have a chance to make the roster, um, and he still he has an option. Will. He probably will. You know, especially since the Reds are in cost-cutting mode. Uh, they're not like they're gonna be signing a bunch of guys to take that spot. Now. Um, the guy that really, you know, Brian Goodwin didn't shock me. You know, I, I liked him, but if you're, he's your number four outfielder, and the Reds have a ton of outfielders. Five outfielder. Yeah, probably with this bunch. Of, yeah, you're gonna pay four million for a for a, maybe a number five outfielder. I like the guy. And he was not impressive in his time with the Reds. No, no, he wasn't. But uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, I think a, a legit playoff team would want on their uh, on their bench. Because he, you know, he's good defensively, great beard, got some power. Good defensively, despite what you saw while he played with the Reds. Right. Yeah. No, I think he's. Uh, yeah, I like the guy. I would have loved to have him had him back, but eh, it doesn't really. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't really doesn't bother, bother me. me. Doesn't want, I think he's easily replaceable. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Given, especially given that the Reds have a bunch of, bunch of the one that I just, I can't wrap my brain around, is Archie Bradley. Archie Bradley. And again, the Reds traded, uh, you know, uh, not a ton, but they traded for seven innings of Archie Bradley near the end of the season uh, at the trade deadline. And Archie Bradley is a legit eighth, ninth inning pitcher in my mind. I mean, he's a he's a good reliever, and he was due to make uh, you know four four and a half million, I think, uh, approximately uh, next year. And that does not seem like too much to spend for a dependable, you know, pitcher that can pitch toward the back end of the ro- of the uh, of the game, you know. At the very, I mean, I'm not saying he could be your closer, <clears throat> but he could be, you know, hanging around there, and it, it it would allow you to trade Iglesias, which would save you even more money if that's your goal. Yeah, it gives you some flexibility, uh, like he said, to to deal Iglesias if you wanted to, or if not, I mean, he 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 makes the bullpen better. He's the one player out of this group that I feel confident makes the Reds better in 2021 if he's on on the roster. I, I, I could not agree more. I, I, this is a head-scratching move to me. and Well, it's not a head-scratching move to me. 
but to me, it bodes very, very badly for what direction this team is going for next year. Well, let's say it. I mean, it's it, it's it's a big uh, bat <clears throat> signal in the sky that the that the Reds are the Reds are aggressively cutting payroll, right? Yeah, I saw on Twitter I, that the Reds say with the with the non tenders, the Reds save more money than any team in baseball. <laughs> I'm sure Castellini, Reds owner Bob Castellini, loves that stat. Uh, now, it's not like the Reds were the only team doing this. Let's let's be clear about that. Well, but I didn't want to be the top the, the top team. I agree. I agree, but. Uh, you know, everybody, the, the Cubs, you know, got rid of Kyle Schwarber and, uh, and John Lester. They didn't tender either, either of those guys' contracts. Kyle Schwarber, the Reds' future left field. Uh, where's he from? I don't know. Let me call Tom Brenneman and ask him. <laughs> yeah, we'll never know where he's from going forward, unfortunately. Actually, you know, you know what? A friend of mine is a retired Middletown police officer and worked with, Schwar- worked with Schwar- Schwarber's dad and said he is a wonderful man. And so Schwarber's a heck of a guy. He knows he knows the kid. He says he's a really really nice kid. Well, I, I don't think he's coming to Cincinnati. No, I don't think he is. Someone will give him a little bit of money. Yes. So probably more than he need, deserves. Probably, probably. So you well, know, I guess, I guess you deserve whatever you get. I guess that's true. Whatever somebody will give you. Yep. It's what you're worth. Uh, you know, at the end of the uh, regular season. I wrote, uh, you know, I wrote this uh, dumb little newsletter, chaddotson.substack.com, if you want to subscribe to that newsletter. For free. It's worth every penny. It's worth twice that. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. And uh, I even wrote... Though I, I, even though I do edit it every week after it comes out. <laughs> no, I, no, I haven't gotten a text from you the last couple of weeks. I'm like, oh, finally. No typos. Yeah, no typos this time <laughs> around. Oh, gosh. Anyway, <laughs> early, early on... I try to make the case that the Reds need to be aggressive this offseason, even though I understand the idea that there's a money crunch. And, and it, I believe that's true. But I thought if you could, could, the way I put it was, if you could zig while everyone else is zagging, if you could be aggressive and uh, maybe get some guys for cheap because other teams are panicking and, and not spending money, then you can put to get it be easier than any uh, in any other offseason mm-hmm. to snap up some guys to fill your holes. And I thought, yes, it's it's difficult. It's easy for me to say that, you know, and I know it's not my not my money, but wow, what a what an opportunity. And then when the fans do get to come back, assuming at some point the fans do get to come back, they're going to come out in droves cuz you put together a legit championship team. And and what we see, I think from this uh, from the non-tender moves, Archie Bradley especially. I mean, this is uh, pretty clear to me that the Reds will not I thought they're not going to be trying to improve the roster, and we'll talk more about that. But they're not going to be aggressive like I suggested that they that they that they should, and it makes me sad. Where are you on that, Bill? After you wrote that, I I, I hadn't thought of it before then, and I, I gave it a lot of thought. And I'm going, you know, this is this is a could be like a moneyball approach to. You know, finding a, a, another untapped market, and it, it, it's a hell of an opportunity for somebody that's smart enough to take advantage of it. And and let's be honest, if they let's say the Reds spent, let's say twenty five million dollars in this offseason picking up filling holes, just for this, the value of the team is going to go up more than that. If you're a legit World Series contender, absolutely. Well, baseball teams go up every year in value anyway. True. True, and, and you know, and as as many of us have said for years, 
If they want us to really believe they're losing money, open the books. Yeah, and again, this year more than any, I can believe. But I still don't. I still can't. Only, can't go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. The, the only counter argument I have to that, though, is didn't they sign a humongous uh, media deal right before the season started? It was like a $21 billion deal or something like that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't remember the specifics of it, but um, yeah, I mean, they've got money coming in from from other resources, other sources, and it's not just the lack of game day revenue. Although for a team like the Reds, the lack of game day revenue does hurt, no question. The fact that there were ha- half as many games that hurts. But I don't know. I just the way I put it back then was an opportunity exists this off season for some team if they want to decide to you know kind of pursue that. And, man, the Reds seem like the perfect team to do that in some ways. Surprise everybody. And you put yourself in a position, because they're close anyway. They're close to having a, a really good team. And they could put themselves in position. And so, you know, there were several signals lately. This was the most recent one that they're clearly not going to do that. And, you no. know, and, and I, I shouldn't have suspected that, should I? Because we've been watching the Reds the last 30 years. And all they've ever done is cheap out, except for the last two off seasons. Every other year it's been... How cheap can we be other than the last two winters? Am I wrong? No. And and the only thing I would question is how sure are we that they're close to a really good team? I mean, we're, we're assuming the guys are going to come back to the to the norm in like Castellanos and Moustakas and, and Suarez. Um, and then, but, you know, we don't know what Senzel is going to be. Uh, we got a big gaping hole at shortstop. Stevenson's basically an unknown. Uh, we lost our number one starter, and he ain't coming back. Yeah, I'd, I, I guess I, I look at There's this team. Numbers that they're talking about unloading Gray. I mean, <laughs> I know. I look at this team though, and I see a team that it doesn't take a whole lot of imagination to see a 500 team. Uh, even even losing Trevor Bauer, the pitch so the pitching's not going to be as good. Mr. Castellini, what's that? What'd you say, Mr. Castellini? Five hundred. <laughs> well, that almost gets you into the playoffs. Well, if they expand the playoffs again, <laughs> that that'll be enough for Castellini. You're right. Yeah. The other, thing, the other thing that I wonder about is what in the hell is baseball waiting on to, to let teams know what the rules are going to be next year? <laughs> right. How how are you supposed to be you know setting your roster, making decisions? When you don't, when you don't know how many playoff teams are going to be, whether you're, whether there's going to be a DH for sure, or whether or not there's going to be a DH, you're you're making decisions in a vacuum. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a big question, especially for the Reds. If you if you know that you can uh, that Jesse Winker can be your DH, you know you got a little bit more flexibility to do things and places to, or maybe another place you need to add another outfield or something like that. I don't know. You know, I, I just I see these non-tenders, especially Archie Bradley. I see that trade earlier in the week when they traded Robert Stevenson. So long, Bob Steve. Best wishes for Jeff Hoffman, the Rockies, two former first-round picks um, who've never either one done much. And then you know, GM Nick Crawl goes on, on the radio and says, "Oh, you know, um, we think maybe he can be a, he can compete for it to be a number five starter." And I'm like, "Oh, come on, that sounds a lot like you know." <laughs> The scrap heap acquisitions, and, and again, I'm, I'm prepared to believe that Derek like Johnson, coach Chase. yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, I'm prepared to believe that Derek Johnson and Kyle Bodie, you know, see something there because because uh, Hoffman's a 
one of these driveline baseball guys. I'm fine with that. But again, that kind of phrasing just pricks my antennas up. You know, it sounds like the 2000 to 2000, you know, nine, 2008 Reds. Um, you know, Nick Crawl says basically, yeah, we're, we're, I haven't, we've not had any substantial conversations with, uh, with Trevor Bauer with where we are this offseason, which makes it sound like with the fact that we don't have any money. And then he goes on and says, well, we've lost, at this point, we've lost Trevor Bauer. So we're trying to figure out how to fill the fifth starter spot. And, you know, it's just uh, all the language coming from Nick Crawl sounds exactly like he's been told to cut payroll. And then we get this thing right now with, uh, with Archie Bradley. Again, who, it's, it's not going to kill the Reds not to have Archie Bradley. He, that's not going to be the difference between winning and losing uh, in 2021. But Archie Bradley's a good reliever. He's a guy that a, a winning team would want to have, and some team will snap him up. Um, is $4.5 million too much for him? Well, okay, maybe, but that's not completely out of line for an effective eighth, ninth inning guy. Um, and and it's, it's, it's a price that a, a winning team pays. And I just, everything that's happened since the season ended, beginning with uh, Dick Williams leaving and the Reds not replacing him, it's just every move has been a cost-cutting move. And there's still reason to be optimistic about this Reds team. There, they, some things we're going to do, we'll talk about possible trades, things like that. But so far, every single thing they've done since the season ended is exactly the same thing that the uh, Jim Bowden and Wayne Krivsky and Dan O'Brien Reds would have done in the early 2000s. And uh, I don't want to see that team come back. I, we were on the precipice of having a real, a different Reds organization. And now all of a sudden, and I guess maybe we'll blame the pandemic, but now all of a sudden we've regressed 15 years. I, I fear. Uh, again, this is all speculation. Tell me I'm, I got one foot off the ledge unnecessarily, Bill. Please tell me that. Watch out for that banana peel. <laughs> the, 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 there's, there's no reason to believe that the Reds are going to do anything to change that field. I mean, this, this all of a sudden appears to be a Carl Lindner-esque front office. An ownership group, despite what the Reds all, you know, what what uh, the the ownership said when they took over this team, which you know you said you've talked about that many many times that they they they, they haven't kept their word, and and I could accept that that they that they didn't win a world championship if you really believed they were going all in to to win a world championship, but they you've never had that belief. The last two years, you could say, okay, well, at least we're moving in the right direction. But this year, it looks like they're reversing everything they've done in the last two years. Yeah, it's kind of like Kathleen said. We tried. COVID screwed us, and but we tried. Um, and they, you know, they did. They did. The last two, I've been very pleased with the last two off seasons. But let's be honest, what they do? They move up to the seventeenth highest payroll in baseball. I mean, that's not really aiming for a World Series there. Um. So now, you know, are we going to drop down to in the 20s again? I just, I don't know. I'm being, uh, you know, doom and gloom a little bit here because it's it's frustrating because we were so close to having a good team. And they're still close. They still have a lot of really good players on this team. But there's a lot of uh, a lot of bad signs. Maybe I'm just reading the tea leaves wrong. I hope I'm reading the tea leaves wrong. Please. I hope you are, too. I hope we both are, but I'm... <laughs> Well, let's talk about. I, I'm feeling bad juju in the air. I am too. And again, it's 
I keep saying the Reds have a lot of good players, and they really do. They don't. They're not a terrible team as currently constructed. They're not going to be, you know, the old awful teams. But if you trust the Reds to, you know, pull this off and improve the team, then that's kind of on you, because the Reds have, you know, screwed us in terms of trying to put together a a real team far too many times. I mean, they've been, you know, Charlie Brown and uh, Lucy hold, holding <laughs> exactly the football. That's what I was thinking. They were Lucy and we've been Charlie Brown every year. Every year. And they're like, oh, this is the, you know, we you know, we made some, we got this guy and he's he's going to, we're going to turn him around. And that's the way it's been for at least the last 25 years. So, listen, I'm perfectly willing to listen to an argument that they're still pretty good and that they still got plenty, it's early in the offseason, there's plenty of time for them to do things. And Nick Crawl's a smart guy. I like him. I just think he's going to be given too many constraints. Uh, but if you trust them, you got the burden of proof is on you because the Reds have given us no reason to give them the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I think that's fair, don't you? Yeah, I'm depressed. Why do we do this to ourselves? I don't know, every week. 355 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> Of depression, of mostly a, a bad team. Day. It's just like this is like group therapy, you know. Well, it kind of is. Uh, yeah, for some reason we we love this team and we can't give them up. Misery uh, loves company. Thank you all for being here. Yeah, th- absolutely. <laughs> Thank you all. And and I've been pleased with the the discussion on our uh, our patreon.com slash redleg radio Slack channel this week. Uh, a lot of people, you know, discussing and different uh, different opinions on what's been going on with this. Some some think that the Reds are still, you know, calm down, and that's probably a good. Uh, Pray good advice. Calm down early in the off season, but I don't know. I just uh, I don't trust Castellini. I just I don't. He's he's done no giving me no reason to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm from Missouri. You got to show me. Absolutely. Now let's talk about some of the things that were reported this week that may be the the flip side of the uh, malaise that uh, seems to be lingering over us. First is this. There was a report from Mark Feinsand. Mark Feinsand is a reporter for uh, MLB Network and MLB.com. And he said the team's making the biggest push to sign starters, according to his sources. And he names uh, five, six teams. And he says, while the Twins, Marlins, and Reds are also expected to be in the starting pitcher pitching market. Big game of starting pitcher musical chairs. Who will be left without a seat? So it's kind of like the Reds are also expected to be in the starting pitching market. It's not exactly a report that the Reds are seeking to sign starting pitchers. But it's, I don't know, something, I guess, right? If, if you believe that they aren't going to spend much money, then you're really looking at a four or five starter at best. Well, let me ask you this, before we get too much further down this road, because I think this is going to be a question when we talk about shortstop as well. Can you make the argument that the moves the Reds made this week by clearing up more uh, payroll, basically, than any other team in baseball. Can, it was like $33 million or something. Well, can you make the case that this is, you know, this is, uh, they're creating some space to actually go out and sign somebody legit? Well, from your mouth to God's, to Castellini's ear, um, I'll believe it when I see it, just because they've never done that. So, you know, if, if they're going to do it, super. I'll be all in. But again, I'm from Missouri. You got to show me. Yeah, they've done it one time in you know the last thirty years or whatever, which was last well, year. They didn't cut guys. They didn't. You know, they just spent money. They didn't. 
get rid of guys that I remember. Yeah, but I think to be I think to be fair, we can. Um, and we want to be fair. We want to, dude. What did I do for the last fifteen years? I was a judge. Um, so I guess I'm not anymore. So I don't have to be fair anymore. But that's right. <laughs> That's right, but I think you know. I think you can make the case, and I think a reasonable person can make the case that the the Reds um, spent some money last year and saw that you know it didn't completely work out this year, but it still got them a, a lot of good, uh, good, some good feelings from the fan base, and um, so now they're trying to figure out how they can best allocate whatever resources they've got. They're clearly going to cut payroll. Clearly, that's one hundred percent. They're cutting payroll at some point, but still they might have, be able to be flexible and still go out and sign a, a big name somewhere um by freeing up some of this money and maybe you know four and a half million for a reliever well let's take our chances on uh some lower priced reliever and use that money to get someone else i think that's probably your argument that they're not really giving up they're just gonna have to try to be smarter but again i come back around to that's what they used to tell us during the jim bowden and and wayne krisky years we got to be smart we got to be creative get out of here put a team on the field Yeah, we're still waiting, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you see the report about who they? Uh, <laughs> we get the report about them possibly, you know, making a push to sign a starting pitcher, and then the report that I got was that they were looking at uh, free agent Dan Straley, who just except he went back to Korea. He did, but I mean that's the report that we got. Yeah, was that this is the this is the the free agent? <clears throat> so that pitcher. was going to be the big acquisition. <laughs> yeah, a, a guy that. You traded to the Miami Marlins, who couldn't even make it in Major League Baseball, and went to Korea. He was great over there. Where he had a very, very good year. 31 uh, years old. Yeah, so. Well, I, I would have had no problem with the Reds bringing Dan Straley in as a five, you know, four or five or whatever. And hopefully, you know, he pitched as well as he did for us the, the one year he was here. But it, it doesn't move the needle. I exactly. Mean, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. Is he better than the other options they have for number five? I don't know. But the fact that they're not – the fact that they're almost certainly not going to make – I don't know if they're going to make any offer to Trevor Bauer uh, and almost certainly not a competitive offer to Trevor Bauer. You know, Mo, Mo Egger, radio guy Mo Egger, he had a piece at The Athletic near the end of the season that essentially said if the Reds can't make a real run at – bringing back Trevor Bauer. That man, that gives a really, it leaves a bad taste in the mouth of the fan base. And the way he put it was this, I can't help but wonder how seriously fans will take the team's claims of being completely invested in winning if it somehow allows one of its best pitchers in baseball, one of the best pitchers in baseball to get away. Um, it would be incredibly sobering if the Reds instead tried to plug the hole left by a Bauer departure with cheaper, not as good alternatives especially after watching years of cast-offs and low-end prospects try to fill the mid-decade void left by the likes of Johnny Cueto and others. I mean, you know, um, there's never a great chance they were going to be able to re-sign Trevor Bauer, but not even being serious about going after him. Again, that's the that's the 2007 Reds. That's the Reds of our, that we've watched all these years. Now, what is there to be optimistic about, Bill? I, I'm struggling to find something right now. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I I just keep telling myself it's still really early in the off season. There's still plenty of things they could do. I, I don't think 
let's go ahead and say this. I don't believe that there's any chance they're going to sign an impact free agent. Do you think there's any chance that maybe they're just freeing up some payroll and they will sign an impact free agent? No. I don't think so. I think the, don't these moves seem to indicate that no, it's not not happening. John, John, do you think anybody's still listening, or we depressed everybody so bad they're all out on a ledge at this point? We try so hard to be optimistic, generally. And (laughs) you and I are usually pretty daggone optimistic. Yeah, and again, I I keep trying to make the case for the other side because I don't want to. It's not all doom and gloom. The Reds still have a lot of good players. I mean, what do they have to fill now for next season? They got to get a shortstop, Um, catcher. You know, they're not going to get a catcher. We're going to hope that Tyler Stevens is that guy. Nope. So, so shortstop, um, they're going to need at least one more starting pitcher, and probably a reliever now that Bradley's gone. But I mean, if you fill those three with legit big leaguers that quote unquote move the needle, as we say, then this is still a team that's at least competitive in the NL Central because everybody else in the NL Central is given up too. That's our only saving grace here. Um, you, you could almost make the argument that they need two starting pitchers. Yeah, yeah, you could, you could, you know, a, a, a top three guy, and then a Wade Miley. Yeah, and I'm still not, you know, I'm not completely out on Wade Miley. He's been good under Derek Johnson before, um, and he was hurt last year. So, but I mean, if you get those three, it's still a pretty good team. Is it a 95 win team? No, but it could be an 88 win team which is probably enough to, to win the division because the Cubs are completely just, uh, they're cutting bait. Uh, the Cardinals are doing nothing. Um, they non-tendered Colton Wong. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't see anybody else in the division doing much other than what the Reds are doing. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe they can get creative, but it's going to have to be by trade. It will be the best of the worst. Is that what you're saying? Well, it'll get them in the playoffs. Say it again, Mr. Castellini. <laughs> John Morosi this week. Morosi, of course, a, a, another reporter for uh, MLB Network and Fox Sports, says that, uh, according to his sources, the Reds are prioritizing the addition of one starting shortstop. And I don't know why they would prioritize the addition of two starting shortstops. That's good, because they really need two starting shortstops. <laughs> it's interesting wording of this report. <laughs> they are pursuing multiple options to address that need. Francisco Lindor and Trevor Story in trade, Marcus Simeon, Andrelton Simmons, and D.D. Gregorius via free agency. Do me a favor. Check the date on that story, because didn't that same story run last year in the offseason? <laughs> I think it might have, yes. This is from <laughs> this is from November 30th of 2020, though. It is 2020. Okay. It is, Cause, yeah. Cause maybe they just changed the date. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Because... I seem to remember the, the the press saying the same thing last year that the Reds are out looking to find a shortstop and D.D. Gregorius and Lindor and blah blah blah. Yeah, and we ended up with and, and, who, and who was our shortstop? The immortal Freddie Galvis and Cal Farmer. The and the young Jose Garcia. Oh yeah, Jose Garcia, who's not ready yet. And I'm not convinced ever will be. So. No, no, I, I still believe in in Jose Garcia. I've not given up on him. I don't think he'll ever hit at the big league level. Well, he hit in the minors. Mm-hmm. So did others. Brandon Larson. 
Yeah, that's exactly who I was thinking about. I couldn't think of his name, but that's exactly who I was thinking about. Let's run through these shortstop names. Okay. Francisco Lindor. We'll take him. Listen, if Lindor's in this lineup, then it changes everything we just talked about, you know, yes. for, for the first, you know, 30 minutes of this podcast. Uh, it He is an all-star level MVP type player. Mm-hmm. Fills the biggest hole for the Reds, and it changes everything. Um, okay, one to a hundred percent. What chance do you think there is that Lindor is playing for the Reds on opening day? Zero. Me too. Because uh, I guess I need to look it up here. How much exactly is Lindor going to be making next year? I'm going to try. This is scintillating radio here as I'm searching. Francisco Lindor. Golly, he's good. Be 27 next year. Oh my. He's going to make seventeen five next, or he made seventeen five this year. Oh yeah, he's arbitration eligible. Eligible, so he'll make twenty million. Easy, easy. Um, which would make him the second highest paid player on the Reds. Given the Reds are in cost cutting mode, do you see them paying for a year of Francisco Lindor? I don't. I mean, I just I don't I don't see in any way. Um, now, again, we've the ma- money they saved yesterday. They could pay Lindor for next year. We've made the case before that they should go out and try to. Yeah, you know, I talked to uh, our friend John Majewski last week on the uh, on the podcast, and it's a pretty compelling case that if you were willing to be a little bit outside the box, you could get a guy like that and a Trevor Bauer on one year deals. And you know, if you can re-sign them, great. If not, you know. That money comes off the books, and you got flexibility to do something next year, and you're making a serious, uh, you know, uh, push for a championship. But I just, I, I can't bring myself to believe that the Reds, who have for our entire lives been penny pinchers, I cannot believe they're going to pay, uh, and not just pay Francisco Lindor for that, but also have to give up some resources to get him. Right. I, just, I don't see it. I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to have Lindor. Yeah, let, let's say they could. What would you think it would cost to get Bauer for a year? Twenty. Uh, probably. So you're talking forty million for one year for two players, and it energizes your fan base and put makes gives you a really good team. You sign those two guys, this team's as good as you know. Is anybody? It's it. You know, it, probably the Braves and the and the Dodgers are better, but who else in the National League? Those two players, I believe that firmly. And, and, and if you put Bauer back in this rotation, your pitching matches up with anybody. Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, I, I love this staff with Bauer back in there. And okay, it's forty million dollars. It's a lot of money. It's not my money, but you know. It, but if, if it, you know, if something happens and it doesn't work out, it comes off your books next year. Yep. So, uh, what's that? Isn't going to happen. No, never going to happen. I don't think uh, we can dream. So who else did you want to talk about? We, 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 we we're zero percent on Lindor. <laughs> Trevor Story. Some, yeah. some reports the Reds are looking at Trevor Story. <laughs> not uh, not in on Trevor Story. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you the similarity to Francisco Lindor. Trevor Story will be twenty eight years old next year. He's due to make eighteen point five million. You ready to pay eighteen point five million to a guy whose OPS plus on the road in his career is seventy five? 
Yeah, playing in Coors Field does help your numbers, doesn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> I mean, I think he's good. But I think away from Coors Field, uh, he loses a lot of that value. And I just, I, I know yeah, a lot of people. I mean, he picks some of that back up playing in, in Great American every day. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess. But, I mean, uh, is he the is he the same guy, though, who has been, you know, a two-time All-Star and, you know, what, three, four times now been top 15 MVP votes? I mean, I'm not seeing it. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. But are you going to pay eighteen and a half million taking the chance on this guy that's at a seventy-five OPS plus away from cores? No thanks. And, and I'm going to get some blowback on that because a lot of people that are in my mentions love Trevor Story. Uh, what about uh, Andrelton Simmons? He's, doesn't he have a bit? Is he the one with the bad ankle? Oh, I don't think I don't think so. Andrelton Simmons, or is that Marcus Simeon? No, Marcus, not Marcus Simeon. It's yeah, Ed Simmons is the one with the bad ankle. Well, um, and he opted out of the last two weeks of the season or something. And uh, it's possible. There's, there's still talk that his ankle may not be right. And He'll be 31 next year. The Angels just uh, traded for their shortstop of the future. By the way, I don't know if you saw that today. So they're they're giving up on bringing back Simmons. They traded for Jose Iglesias. That's your buddy, my guy. He's your- He's your favorite. He really is. Um, Andrelton Simmons, absolutely one of the best fielders I've ever seen at shortstop, four-time gold glove winner. But you can't convince me that he's much of an upgrade. I mean, he is an upgrade over Freddie Galvis. But that doesn't move the needle for me. And there isn't any offense. Marcus Simeon, he had one good year. <laughs> yeah, he had one real good year. Literally one, <laughs> you know, he's been essentially average, yes, which is fine, except for one year. Boy, he was great in 2019, though. Finished third in MVP voting. Yep. Um, he's a he's a free agent. Dude, do you take a chance on a guy like that who's been good really just for one year? I mean, he's an upgrade. You you y'all you also wonder if the Reds how much they believe in Garcia. I mean, I know what they say. I mean, they're not going to sign a, one of these guys to a four-year deal if they think Garcia is two years away. Yeah. Um, I, I think what they do at shortstop this offseason is going to tell you a lot about what they think about Garcia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Didi Gregorius? That's who they wanted last year. Yeah, I'm actually okay. With Didi, you know, I think uh, if they're willing to pay whatever it's going to cost, he's... Well, that's uh, the question. How much would you pay? I mean... Well, he made $14 million, I believe, this year. Yeah, he did. On a one-year deal with think, the Phillies. Do you think salaries are going to go down or going to go up? <sighs> I tend to believe they're going to go down. It depends on... I, I, it really depends on how many teams are bidding. Well, of course it does. Yeah, but I... That, on the whole, I think they'll go down, Yes. I think I think you could get him for ten to twelve, maybe even a little less. Three years, four years, ten to twelve million a year. I think I do that. I do. Well, I, 
depend again. I'll go back to what I said a minute ago. It depends on what the Reds believe in Garcia. Yeah, but if you if you believe in Garcia and in in you know you can trade him. Yeah, twelve months from now or two years from now, Garcia's ready to take over. Then yeah, you got an asset you can deal on a reasonable contract. Yeah, assuming you know he doesn't get a no no trade or something. Yeah. 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 Now the guy that uh, that I'm really the most uh, interested in. That wasn't mentioned in the, in John Morosi's tweet, which is how people report these days, and that's a uh, shortstop Ha Song Kim, who is uh, you know coming over from uh, from Korea, the Kiwoom Heroes, and um, he is, uh, I think, and I don't know how accurate these numbers are, but um, and actually I can't find it now, but uh, MLB trade rumors had how much that he's gonna probably get and it was not outrageous frankly and you know 25 years old he's been good uh, didn't i see though he's like 165 pounds and he hit like 25 or 30 home runs this year you know i think he's i think he's a legit above average mlb shortstop and i could say a guy i could see you give five years to and uh at whatever you can get him for and plug him right in, let him be let him grow with the team a little bit. That's the guy that I really, and again, I have not seen him play. I'm just, it's just what I read. And um, if you can, especially if you can get him at a reasonable price, but again, how many teams are going to be going after him? Um, I just, you plug him in at shortstop, you can deal Garcia if you want to at, at, at that point because you got your shortstop of the future. That's the guy I would like to see them go after, but I'm just not. Yeah, he had 30 home runs this year. Yeah. There. Well, he'd look good, good at Great American Ballpark. And and they say he's 167 pounds at 5'9". Yeah. Now, I, that's You're, like Tucker Barnhart's size. Tucker Barnhart's great. Tucker Barnhart, the red catcher. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. He's a wonderful guy. He's a wonderful guy. Yeah, the best. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm looking at this guy's numbers, and they're great numbers. I, but his power numbers are not going to come over here with him. He's not going to hit 20 to 30 home runs in, in, in major leagues. I, I just don't believe it. But if I can get 370 to 390 on base percentage, bring it. And 15 home runs, say. I I take 15. Oh gosh. I thought I, I thought Akiyama hit more home runs than he did this year. Yeah, and he might. This was a weird year for him. Yeah, I'm interested to see what he does next year. But and I'm still a big Akiyama fan. Yeah, it's absolutely. So you know, out of this group of, of shortstops, you gotta for you to believe it's going to be Simeon Simmons or Gregorius, you got to believe the Reds are going to spend some money in free agency, and they might, depending on the price. And some of the, and I just I'm not that interested in Simeon or Simmons. Gregorius, I'm somewhat interested in. Um, he's his his best years have not been as good as. Um, Marcus uh, Simeon's best years not been. Didi Gregorius's best years not been as good as Marcus Simmons. Marcus Simeon's good grief, easy for me to say. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? This is why I'm a professional broadcaster. I can uh, tell. Simeon's best year was great, better than any of these shorts up to the Lindor. Um, but Gregorius has done, you know, three of the last four years. Gregorius has been pretty good, and uh, the year he wasn't that good was the year he was hurt. So um, I, I could handle Didi. Uh, but but I don't know. Kim seems to me like the best option of all of them. If you if you start from the place where they're not going to spend the money, 
twenty million for Lindor story. Right. I mean, if they're willing to do that because they and, and like you said, a story would be a big risk. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. Lindor, bring it on. Yeah. I mean, Lindor would be worth it. Lindor, Lindor on this on this team changes the whole equation. He's he, the only guy we've talked about so far today, and probably that we will talk about that moves the needle. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. He absolutely changes everything I think about this team. One player, as much as you can do that with with one player on a baseball team, but um, yeah, you're not taking a gamble on Lindor, and he'll be worth the money that you pay him. Trevor Story. Eighteen and a half million. You're taking a chance. He may still be good. I don't know. You're taking a big chance there. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to say. You want to answer some viewer mail questions, Bill? Let's do that. Let's answer some viewer mail questions. As always, these questions come from our friends at Patreon.com/slash/RedLegRadio. First question comes from our good buddy Joe Farsing. Joe, who thinks that uh, we're overreacting about uh, not signing Archie Bradley, and I think he's got a he can make a good case on that. Um, his question is this though: Who will be the Reds' opening day shortstop? Smart money is probably Gregorius or Simeon, but I'm saying they'll be in on Kim. So let's 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 make a prediction here: Who's going to be the Reds' opening day shortstop? I mean, if, if you look at the this year, either Garcia or somebody we haven't even mentioned. I can't. I cannot believe it'll be Garcia. If it's Garcia, I give up because that's showing it that could they, be Kyle Farmer. I was going to say he was our playoff starter. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, you know, if I had to make a, I hope you're right, Joe. They're in on Cam as we just discussed, but I really. I'd say D.D. Gregorius. That's what I'm going to say. That's my prediction. He D.D. Gregorius will be the Reds' opening day shortstop. You, you got a prediction for us? Like I said, either Garcia or somebody that we haven't even mentioned. Mm. I don't know about that. All right, uh, good question, Joe. Next question comes from another Joe. This is Joey Gaditza. Joey says, Hey, guys, I'm installing new windows in my condo this morning, and I want to watch an archived Reds game while I work. What game should I watch? What archived Reds game should he watch? Well, I'd say, what was it, 2006, the Adam Dunn walk-off Grand Slam. That's got to be up there, right? Because Adam Dunn. Game 5, 72 National League Championship Series. Game 5. Yeah, I knew I knew that's where you were going to go. I, I knew that. I meant to say that. I meant to preempt that. Well, talk about that game for just a second. Tell him why you should watch it. Johnny Bench hit probably the biggest home run of his career to tie the game in the ninth inning off Dave Justy and hit it to right field. Yeah. Johnny Bench was good. And my mom was at that game. That's right. That's right. We discussed that <laughs> on the award-winning Building the Machine podcast that you can find in our archives. And then I'm going to I'm gonna put out again sometime this offseason. Um, award-winning. Did we give it an award? I did. I gave it a major <laughs> award. You gave it the Chad Dotson seal of approval. Oh, it's a major award. <laughs> um, I got behind a guy driving down the road the other day who's, uh, speaking of major awards, whose uh, license plate, he had one of these vanity plates, and it said, uh, leg lamp. Leg lamp. I tried to snap a picture of that, but I didn't get a chance to. That's a, uh, you get that reference, Bill? The yeah, leg- it's from that Christmas story movie. Yeah, yeah. Who, who which get- I've never seen. 
Uh, who gets that as their their license plate? Leg lamp. You wonder that about a lot of vanity plates that you see, though. That's true. That's true. Uh, Nathan Nathan Connor. Oh wait, I didn't answer uh, Joey's question. I, I guess I did say the uh, the Dunn game, but actually I would say the game that I would like to that I like to watch more than any is Game Four, nineteen ninety. Just watching. Uh, there's so much drama in that game. It's a two to one win. Jose Rio was amazing. Uh, game four, nineteen ninety World Series, obviously Reds and A's. It just it was uh, that uh, Herm Winningham bunt and beat it out, and just it was a two strikes. Yeah, just a so much drama, and uh, and I'll never forget sitting there on the couch, uh, just could not believe that the Reds were actually about to win a, a World Series, and so it's it's meaningful to me, and I, that is one that I would like to rewatch occasionally. Nathan Connor. I'd be much more excited about 2021 roster construction if there was a sense that the front office was thinking multidimensionally, doing things like dealing from positions of strength to address other weaknesses instead of just plugging obvious gaps. I think this is possible while still trying to win now, but I think fans would perceive this as another rebuild. What do you think? You know, uh, what I think we are going to, we're going to be more likely to see is that I hate to say this. I kind of blew off the the rumors that the the Reds said that they're listening to offers on Sonny Gray, you know, because why wouldn't you listen to any offers on any player? Always. Every player is available. But I actually think there's a decent chance the Reds trade Sonny Gray because they can get back. You know, he's, he's worth something on the market, and they can get back something potentially uh, of value for him. And that's kind of going to what Nathan's asking here, I think, is that, uh, you know, they could maybe do that to help fill several weaknesses. Um, Except if, if, if you've lost Bauer out of the rotation. So if you trade if you trade Gray, you're not dealing from a position of strength any longer. Yeah, and what other weaknesses are you uh, addressing? I mean, shortstop could be one of them, potentially, if we're talking about a trade to... Cleveland for Lindor, for example. But man, you created a huge gap in the pitching rotation, given that you've also lost Trevor Bauer. But I, I really, I, today, as opposed to this time last week, I think there's more of a chance they'd trade a Sonny Gray in one of these trying to get creative moves. You think that's possible? I don't have that much confidence in the front office anymore. Yeah. Uh, but to, to go to Nathan's question, I do think fans, fans would perceive it as, as the beginning of another rebuild. And uh, I don't know. Maybe, we'll, maybe that's what they need to do if they're not going to spend money. Uh, why are we even wasting our time if they're not going to spend money? Andrew Scott Wills asked, uh, The Reds non-tendered five players. Kyle Farmer was re-signed at a discount. Trevor Bauer is likely not returning. What do you think is going through David Bell's mind right now? Woohoo! I got a Major League Baseball manager's job. <laughs> right. I think he's thinking, how can I remind people that I'm still here? Because that's all he wanted to do during the season was every game. How can he make a move to remind everybody he's still in the dugout? Um, I am in charge. Yeah, I think David Bell's probably. He's the Alexander Haig of Major League Baseball. <laughs> I think he's probably happy to be have a job, but I also think he's probably thinking, uh, you know, I've uh, I've not really blown anybody away with my performance my first two years of my career as a manager, and now the Reds are going to make it more difficult for me. Mm-hmm. He has to be a little bit nervous, I would think, right? I was just thinking the same thing that that, that 
the, he may be the one that suffers from these moves because he may end up losing his job if they don't aren't competitive this year. Yeah, he may be the scapegoat, right? He's not on a long. He's not on a long leash. I don't think he deserves a long leash. I don't think he's done anything to deserve a long leash. Well, I, I, I agree, but yeah, but he may be the scapegoat. Yep. For even even if it's not his fault that the Reds lose this year, even if it's not his fault at all, he may be the public scapegoat. Oh, we're going to blame it on David Bell, even if it's and it could be his fault because I don't think he's a very good manager, but. Um, even if it's not his fault, he may he may get the get the boot. Chuck Nichols, what's your opinion on the Reds not keeping Archie Bradley around for one more year? I think we pretty much already covered that one, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about the Reds re-signing Cal Farmer? Uh, meh. We kind of but yeah, we kind of beat that one up too. Yeah, I, I don't I don't care about Kyle Farmer. He's the 25th guy on the roster. He's fine to have around. I don't hate him. He's fine, but he's the 25th guy on the roster. Um. Chuck says I was but he used to be a Dodger, so you know. <laughs> Chuck says I was relieved when that happened. You know, a lot of people had that response about Kyle Farmer, and I, I don't know. There's something I'm not seeing because a lot of people really, really like Kyle Farmer. Um, he also says finally. I think, part of, I think part of that's because the announcers always play him up so much. Possibly. You know, they play up what a good guy is and how versatile he is and blah, blah, blah. And they, they, and I think they, they play his skills up more than they deserve. Yeah, I'm not sure the skills are there. But, he, he, you know, he can play several positions and he doesn't embarrass himself at any of them, really. And, you know, it's yeah. a, that's a somewhat valuable guy to have around. But, you know, he doesn't bring a whole lot with the bat, which is what you need. Um, Chuck also asks, finally, Chad, you should check out the show Ted Lasso if you have not already. I've seen the first uh, two episodes of Ted Lasso. Chuck and I am going to watch the rest of it at some point, but I, you know, I have a hard time getting into television series. But uh, Ted Lasso's funny. It's uh, uh, who's the guy? Jason Sudeikis, Saturday Night Live guy, and he plays a, an American football coach who goes over to coach uh, soccer in in England, European football, and it kind of kind of came out of these crazy ads where he went over to coach my team, Tottenham, uh, a few years ago. And they were funny, and the show's pretty funny, and I, I will end up watching it. It's pretty good. Uh, Ted Lasso. I bet you, you've not watched any Ted Lasso, Bill, have you? You're not a, no, not a soccer guy. Not really. Who's your favorite soccer team, Bill? Uh, probably FC Cincinnati. FC Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, okay, I can buy that. And I, and I actually have been to two of their games. Uh, I've only been to one. I'd like to go to more. I was planning on this year, but then, you know, the whole thing, world happened. Next year, they're in their new stadium, I believe. Yeah, definitely going to go watch them next year, assuming, again, that we can. Right. All right, a couple more quickly, and we'll get out. Rich Thompson. Rich always puts more time and effort into his questions than anyone, and I appreciate the the effort, Rich. Gentlemen, imagine this. You decide to make a run to your local 7-Eleven, and to your amazement, it is now a Circle K. In the parking lot, you see a phone booth. Obviously, something is afoot here. Uh, he's see Rich is, is dialing into my uh, my wheelhouse here. As you get closer to the phone booth, lo and behold, Bill and Ted step out and say, "How's it hanging, Red Leg Nation dudes?" Uh, the new uh, Bill and Ted movie that came out this year, by the way, fantastic, absolutely hilarious. So, uh, hey, would you guys like to go back in time and bring back some historical ball players to play for the Reds next season? Keep in mind, you only have enough room in the phone booth to bring back, bring back one pitcher and one positional player. So, who are you bringing back to help the Reds win a most excellent championship? in 2021 thanks for the question rich good question one pitcher one position player to come back to uh 
improve the Reds next year? Who who we bringing? Well, I think it's very obvious. The shortstop, we're bringing Barry Larkin. Well, are we? I would. Well, now. <clears throat> who do you got? Uh, lots of guys. I mean, I love Larkin. But the question didn't specify they had to be former Reds. Ah. So, if you're so going so with. You're gonna, man, you are a. You are a, a legal weasel <laughs> if you're going I'm, I'm reading the statute as it's written plain language man um if you're if you're going for a red position player it's got to be larkin no question but if it's not who's you the best cop uh cop is an outfielder though right i'm thinking a center fielder? yeah i think he was a center yeah, I'm, thinking, I don't know why I would think. I'm thinking short who's the best shortstop in baseball history i don't know Probably Felipe Lopez. No, maybe not. Paul Yanish. Uh what, what about uh, Prime Cal Ripken? I always see. I, I, I'm not a big Ripken guy, mainly because he played a lot longer than he should have. Uh, somebody kept paying him to play baseball, and he accepted the, the paycheck and the ability and, to walk right. on the field. And he kept, and he kept and, you know, he kept going because so he wouldn't. Uh, Loses a streak. Yeah. yeah. I would never tell you the... Uh, um, uh, according to Jaws, Hannes Wagner is the... Yeah, that's probably the guy. But we're going to say Reds, it's Barry Larkin. A-Rod. Yeah, probably Honus Wagner, as we'll say. Uh, I went to... When I was uh, living in the D.C. area, uh, we went up and got tickets to a game. And uh, somebody gave us free tickets. So we went up to watch an Orioles game. And uh, it was, I don't remember anything about the game, but... We watched it and came home, and the next night uh, turned uh, Sports Center on. And the big story is that Cal Ripken's not in the lineup tonight. And so we saw the last game. Last game in his streak? In his wow. streak. We didn't know it at the time, but. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, again, we didn't realize we were watching that, but. Um, Looking at this Jaws list for shortstops, I'm, I'm, I'm so, and I never realized how good Ernie Banks was as a shortstop. Well, you think about He's him as a first eight. base. You think about him as a first baseman too, right? That's what I. That's what I mainly remember him as. He, yeah. he was. By the time I remember him, he wasn't playing much, if any, shortstop anymore. But he was a Cub, so we're not bringing him back to play for the Reds. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna let's go with Larkin there. I want to bring Larkin just because we have a soft spot for Larkin. What about a pitcher? Who we bring back? Well, I, I'm staying with the Reds. You know, okay, I'm not. I'm not cheating. I'm not a cheater, cheater. Okay. Who you bring back for the Reds? Who Reds? I, I have. I've, I've got it narrowed down to three. Okay. Riho. Obviously, yeah, got to be there. Maloney. Ooh, Jim Maloney. I, I should have known you'd go with that one. You're a Maloney guy. Bucky Walters. Bucky Walters. Yeah. I think I go Bucky Walters. Wins the MVP as a pitcher. He's had a pretty good year. <laughs> He's not bad. He's not bad. He, he does okay. Yeah. Started out as a third baseman for the Phillies, I believe. Yep. Um, yeah, great story, great pitcher, underrated pitcher in Reds history, um, and a guy like you know we talked about when I, I wrote my piece at the, for the for the Riverfront the newsletter about Red Cy Young winners. Um, he's a guy that would have won the Cy Young, obviously won the MVP. They just didn't have. Probably would have won it two years in a row. Probably would have won it in thirty nine and forty because in forty he came in third in the MVP voting. Yeah, yeah. There wasn't an, uh, a Cy Young award at that time. Um, and okay. in forty four he came in fifth in the MVP voting. Gosh. Yeah, no, he was legit. The other guys I, I think you, you add into that for the, from the Reds mix are going to be uh, 
I think I think you put Tom Seaver in there for bringing back a historical ball player. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think you put in. Uh, I like Yule Blackwell. Gary Nolan. Gary Nolan. Pete Gary Nolan. Um. Epirixi, former UVA Cavalier. Epirixi. Um. There's some other names, but I think I go Bucky Walters probably, or or, or Joe Jose Rio. Is that his name Jose Rio? Paul Berenger was a pretty good Paul, pitcher too. It's another one. Yeah, that's another one. Um, that thirty nine forty team, they weren't bad. Yeah, no, they were. Uh, you can go back and reread the chapter in uh, the Big Fifty about that uh, about that team. Fantastic team, fun team that a lot of Reds fans don't know. So, uh, what, what do you think, uh, Jose Rio? You know, Tottenham yeah, or, or Bucky Walters or Bucky Walters, yeah. one of those two. And if it's someone else, you know who I would take if it's anyone else, non-red. Here's who I take. I take uh, I take Greg Maddox. That's who I. That's who I was thinking right as you were getting ready to say yeah, that. That guy was. I mean, there's. He may not be the best pitcher in baseball history, but gosh, inner circle Hall of Fame, and maybe Pete Pedro too is another guy. Pedro Martinez. So Bob Gibson. Oh gosh, Bob Gibson. Yeah, what 1968, Bob Gibson. Or my aunt's old boyfriend, Sandy Koufax. <laughs> really. My aunt dated him when he was at UC. <laughs> I could think every, you know, Koufax is a good one because he's a lefty. Which is funny because he was a little Jewish kid from Brooklyn and she was an Italian girl from Price Hill. Oh, love it. Love it. All right, good question, Rich. Uh, and there it was. Yes, that was Bill and Chad's excellent adventure. There you go. Great um, question. Yeah, that's a good question. It's a fun question. That's the top we like here. Dwight Kelly's question, and we'll uh, wrap it up on this one. Hi, Bill. Hi, Chad. Hey. First of all, why do you put your name first, Bill? Alphabetical. Dwight. I think it's because I've blocked Dwight on Twitter 20 times. Um, Why would you do that? I didn't really, but I told him I was going to. Um, his question is, what do you want for Christmas? Have you been good or have you been bad? What do you want for Christmas? What I want for Christmas is Francisco Lindor. I don't need any some kind of whatever material nonsense. I want the Reds to put together a team that can really compete, and Lindor does that. And I've been very, very good, Dwight. What about you, Bill? What did May West say? When I'm good, I'm very good, but when I'm bad, I'm better. <laughs> yes. First May, uh, first I, I, May I, West I quote. Either, I either want new ownership or a huge payroll. Yeah. And I'm not going to get even. I guess I haven't been as good as I thought I had. I'm out on the ownership. Completely out. Castellini's not Carl Lindner. He's like a half step above. But he's not going to do what it takes. Well, he hasn't done what he said he was going to do. Yeah. You're only as good as your word. Yeah, and the results. I mean, you know, um, whatever. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's possible to do everything in your power to win a world championship and it not you've not accomplish it. But I, I would I would question how anybody could say that they'd done everything in their power to bring a world championship to town. Yeah. No, I don't think you can make that case. No, I agree. But let, let, let me end with this though. I, I gotta keep coming back to it because the Reds aren't bad. They've not they're not as bad as they've been the last, you know, for most of the last twenty years, for example. They're not that they bad. Playoff contender next year. They should have a chance to at least, you know, maybe they'll uh, overachieve, you know. But given who they currently got, if they can add a couple of players, you know, they're going to be still in the mix anyway. 
They're not yeah. going to be awful. And and that's something compared to what we've seen recently, right? I mean, that's something. Yeah. It's just not what we're hopeful of. Yeah, it's kind of not well, what, what we... What about hope, Chad? Tell us about hope. Uh, hope is not a strategy, obviously, but but we can hope as fans. And I don't know. I just, after the big offseason they had last year, spending real money, uh, they had me optimistic that it was a different regime now, that things were finally different in Cincinnati. And and perhaps they were, they were, they were, that that was the first step in a process. Yeah, but they finally got it, and and maybe they did. And just the pandemic has caused them to panic and decide they can't do that right now anymore. And it's a, and it's a shame that they're they're not thinking along the lines of what you've been talking about is taking advantage of this rather than being a victim of it. Yeah, if you think long term on it, I think you can really make a case that. Spending a little bit of money here right now is the listen, you're never gonna have a better opportunity. But I don't There's see bargains it. to be had. Yeah. Oh well, they brought Kyle Farmer back. I feel much better. Bill, you got any final thoughts for us? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm really. I'm out of thoughts. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's enough for, for one night. Yeah, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And I do want to mention here, if you've listened this far, uh, I, I probably should have led with this at the top. We are going to take a brief hiatus here uh, at Red Lake Nation Radio. Um, at least a couple of weeks. We'll see. I'll, I'll be letting you know uh, what's going on with the podcast come, going forward. But uh, we've, in the last year... 52 weeks, and I think I mentioned this last week, but we've given you uh, over 70 podcasts. Um, most of those for free, some of those Patreon exclusive, most of them for free. We did a, in the middle of the pandemic, uh, when there was no baseball at all, we did a new episode every single week. Plus, Bill and I did a 12 episode series uh, about the Big Red Machine on top of that. So um, I think maybe we've earned just a little bit of a, a, a break here in the deadest of winter. And, uh, you know, when we come back on the other side, depending on what that, what, what happens, the, I've got some big things happening in my life personally that I'll be announcing to all of you uh, at some point, And you'll understand why we're going on a little bit of a hiatus here, but some exciting things happening for me. And, uh, but I love, but, but I love all of you and uh, appreciate the fact you listen every single week. Uh, even during these dark times, when we're whining and complaining. I love the fact that you're there and that you, you give me some feedback. So Bill, thanks for joining me again. It's always fun, buddy. Always enjoy spending time with you, my friend. For Bill Lack and Kyle Farmer, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.